I decided that I wanted to like lift weights and become a weightlifter. Yeah. So his parents were like, "Sure, we'll get you some weightlifting magazines. Right. It's it's 1995. Oh, and those mid 90s weightlifting like, mags. These, these are for as a as a teenager, he was like, "This is I just wanted like tips from Hogan, like how to get them pythons, and like I'm getting tips on getting real pythons." Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Not as bad as George South, though, after that Ric Flair match. Oh, did you watch that? It was everything that I love about it. Like, the band, like, young Jim Ross, young Jim Cornette, just all the slang, like, oh, his chest, set your television to the redness of his chest. (laughs) We call it the Red Badge of Courage, and I was like, I couldn't have written that, and I'm so jealous. It's so good. The, uh, 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 well, let me, so, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast, I'm Hans. I'm Case. Who he just mentioned is famed, but, uh, let's say infamous, but so wholly unrecognized, I would say. Oh, yeah. Uh, wrestler george south who i have just george discovered south. clayton north carolina they said it couldn't be done they said the heat seeker don't travel they said the heat seekers on aml and that's all they want but i'm here to tell you folks ivan Koloff was a good friend of mine and we bled together all over the world clayton north carolina clayton fitness you don't want What's fixing the land, Jack? The heat seekers and the monster. We're coming right to declare what is rightfully ours. Um, which is a shame. Beautiful I'm sure I've known, but Brillo padded cascading mullet. Oh my! I have God. to say everything about it. The fact that it's a YouTube clip from a the, a superstation broadcast when we were probably still in short pants. Oh yeah, the shortest of pants. Eighty-eight. Yeah. Uh, they cut to this beautiful because it's like sometime in November, mid-November. They're doing a pay-per-view, and it just says "Seasons Beatings." <laughs> and I was like, oh, to "Screenshot that! That's a T-shirt. Screenshot that." The they- AWA logo. What I love about it is they take what sounds like your uncle's garage. Yeah, throw a couple TVs in there, and. It sounds so good because they just, and I just loved it. I was like, is that an Israeli flag? And I went, oh, yeah, they're using some uh, Atlanta also ran TV station. So it's like, if it's going to look like in an Olympic stadium, you need a flag from every country on the planet Earth. Perfect. So I'm like, is that Bahrain? (laughs) All African nations are represented. I was thinking about George South as I have been. Alright, so follow me down follow me to the ring here, okay? Yes. Uh and I think he's there. It's crazy. So play are you familiar with Plato's theory of forms? I, a little, but please, please and please bring it to the forefront. I'm gonna get it wrong, but I think I can uh can distill it down to as simple as this. Like it was, you know, obviously pre re uh scientific reasoning and everything but basically what he said is we have all these different types of the same things i'll use the example of 
dogs. We have a poodle, we have a shih tzu, we have all these dogs. Well, ultimately, because we believe that there is something beyond ourself, there are Mm -hmm. forms. Therefore, all these dogs generate back to the greatest form that is, that is just dog. So dog is the the perfection of dog. Yes. Like the idealized man or woman or human. Or wrestler. George South. I was like, I think George South is just how I could... I couldn't have done it better myself than if I was a creator. Beautiful mullet. Just fit as fuck, but not in a... a not like just solid as solid just, as get out. He is built like the way... Like, we have a different concept of how it should look. He's built the way... A horse. He has the strength <laughs> so funny, of a draft animal. Do they are they as impressive as sort of this visually impressive Arnold Schwarzenegger? I I depend. Questionable, yeah. Uh, I would guarantee you that guy's stronger than him. Fuck yeah, that guy is the type of guy that was born with a bad back. He does a fucking move off the ropes. He does a jump off the ropes that is so fucking. Just, again, if I was scripting a match and I, I couldn't tell him to do this, it's almost cartoonish, in it, not in the pejorative, but, like, like visually impossible, where he jumps with his head and neck and chest, but his legs are not <laughs> in it for the ride. No. So it's, there's this weird disconnect. So he just, like, launches, and then finally, like, the legs come up, and he just comes down... And like, kind of like a GI Joe crouch, like kind of misses the shot. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. he just fucking. What now? If you could see <laughs> in a three sixty shot of a Marvel movie, would be how Captain America lands. Right. That's how yes. he lands. Yes. But yes. for real, <laughs> oh, and he yes. just goes because <laughs> it hurts. He's oh. it's all knuckle and knee. Can you blame that hurt? Like. So everybody needs to go watch this match. It's I believe it's the 1988. Is it AWA Championship belt match? Uh, yes. If you if you Google Ric Flair versus George South, it's November 12th, 1988. It is a title match. That Flair is a working champion. Yeah. That man will take a match from your uncle. If you if you bring a sixer. And a couple girls. He'll he'll meet in the ring for that 10 pounds of gold. Those two together, and it's it's south on the receiving end, towards the end of the match, perform a suplex, which is so fucking staggeringly beautiful because the harumph that it takes to get up there. But they, you would see a suplex now. They're just so strong, like you said, like the visual strength. It's up. It's nothing about it is easy. Nothing about wrestling is easy. But it's up and complete and finish. And right here, as soon as they got up in this just – they should have ended it. Flair's got him by the the fucking band of his underwear to keep hold of him. I noticed that too. Like his knuckles are resting on top of his junk. He's got his briefs. And he goes up. And any reasonable person that's not a showman would have dropped that suplex. Dropped him down because you go up and down. No. He fucking holds it. You do a little pirouette. <laughs> but but I don't think it's because 
I think it's because, like, we said we're going to do a suplex. This is really buckling. We're buckling yeah. here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't end this prematurely. So they fucking, it's like, if you're carrying, you're like, you know what? I'm going to carry six bags of groceries. I know this is a mm-hmm. mistake, but f- damn you if I'm not making it past the threshold of my doorway it's oh all gonna fall apart yes. and i'm like it's all gonna go everywhere in the kitchen but i'm this is not happening on the sidewalk my I finger ligaments you. are as oh, wavering as rick yes. flair's were to his shorts to keep him up because he's like i can't hurt george south george south is my ride to fucking raleigh tomorrow <laughs> i gotta make him look good tonight so we can go do a show tomorrow Casey, you and I have both seen the Ric Flair documentary, correct? It's 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 beyond words. It's <laughs> and so in nineteen eighty eight we just saw that match. The match we didn't see is the pre game match and the post game uh cooldown between those two, which must have been let's go back to Plato's a theory of forms forms the yes, forms yeah, of just a rootin tootin it's the form of a 1988 party whatever that means fucking gold watches cocaine oh, hard drinking cocaine. oh my god you got uh, you got some memphis cocaine it's oh. not even from columbia they grow it in tennessee no that's not peruvian flake that's jacksonville crumble <laughs> all right <laughs> There's no fucking No, around. it's just, it's so fun to revisit those matches if anyone out there cares enough to watch wrestling. Doesn't have to but be about wrestling. It's just a, like a it, moment They do the job, and I was like, George, he, I was like, fuck, I don't see this action enough, and I don't think it was a mistake, so I'm not going to say it's a mistake. Sure. I think because we're speaking of perfect forms. Yeah. The perfect form that needed to happen was George South was climbing just in his chest. Like we said, is as red as a fire engine. (laughs) The announcers are now talking about like that sparkle out of his eye. Like he's losing it. This is this is some late rounds prize fight words they're spitting out and laying on George South's shoulders. And like he gets one over on Ric Flair and Ric Flair tumbles and he's like, he goes for it. So he climbs like a grizzly bear, avoiding a hunter up this tree, (laughs) up the side of that ring post. And he gets to the top and he just falls. Oh, that's it. Because he's selling the like, I'm so beaten. I'm so gassed. Like we all know high spots now in wrestling off the top rope. It's a classic. (laughs) I don't see that being sold enough of oh, the like the toil of having to like scent one more time. I got to do this one. I don't got enough left in me. Uh, you can give me and everything we talk about each each side of this spectrum. You can give me Rey Mysterio Jr. jumping mm-hmm. off those fucking ropes and oh, yeah. adjust his athleticism. It, you, it, it's it, it's a wide They're receiver dancers. versus yes. like a a center or a yeah. defensive lineman or offensive lineman, right? Like that is just wildly impressive. It, it, actually, I can I can go somewhere with this. I actually just heard this is actually a really good comparison. I think 
I just heard a podcast with Steph Curry just talking about basketball and his life and all this stuff. Um, Babyface assassin. Here it is. Ray Mysterio Jr. can do that. He has a certain level of athleticism. Mm-hmm. But that, yes. don't mistake it, that is genetics and talent that he received just from being spit out yeah. on this earth, but honed like a motherfucker, right? Oh, yeah. But and you also... and I can't just go. Yeah. I just don't have the innate disposition, no, no matter how hard I work at it. But if I want to be a showman like George South, and I, you're We're right, you Blair don't country. see it enough. We're broadback guy we don't we can't you're not gonna get a flip out of me and if you do it's probably gonna be my farewell match because if i break my neck i'm leaving as well but you can learn because did it on stage all the time yeah. like we did it with george washington like you um clothesline me and that was like it's a young man's game but that was like a legit fall that we practice practice and then you do it for real yeah and i'm not saying that's anything like but you can work on a practice mm-hmm. you can beef up yeah, and that's you can that you can make an effort to that. Yeah, some people are bigger. Like I can't get into the ring with Andre the Giant, but if I work on those basics, I can take a Rey Mysterio Jr., who's I believe significantly smaller. He would mm-hmm. athletically in any realm. But if we're playing the show, I can of get course. him up, and I can drop him. You drop know what him I mean? Down. So and you're gonna it's get attainable. the arc of like. This guy's beating the life out of Rey Mysterio. And then you give Rey that spot and he puts you over. Of 360 course. splash. And you like, he broke my ribs. So here's what Steph Curry says about everybody saying he ruined the game of basketball because of his incredibly deep three-point shots, right? Got it. He sure. says, I disagree in this sense. You cannot will yourself to get that extra eight inches to get in the NBA. To be... Six eight, right. it just can't happen. Oh, you no. can't yeah. will yourself to get a, you know, three foot vertical leap. He's like, you can practice that all you want, but just genetically, and the born talent, like you cannot just yeah. rant, jump that high. You can work. No. You have to have obviously to get to his level, like the skill and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, but you can Larry Bird it, and you can shoot sure. five hundred three point shots a day. For days upon days upon days, for thousands upon hundreds of thousands of shots, and you can start to not make it, you can make it look like what it looks like for him. He's like, Mm -hmm. I don't just take those shots that looks like they just go in. He's like, I now can take those shots knowing my percentage of those shots going in. And it's not because I was born to take long shots. He's like, I just, yeah, yeah. He's like, obviously, I'm, you know, my dad's a pro ball. Like, I have that talent. He is tall not necessarily tall for the nba and all that stuff but he is george south oh 100%. and shaquille o'neal is our ray mysterious stereo jr in this comparison you know what i mean well and it's funny because they there is a perfect parallel because it got away from if you're if you want to come and i think you can because it gets down to aesthetics it gets down to regionality it gets down mm, to, yeah. like, when you and I were kids, and then in our early 20s, and it was the same with <laughs> wrestling, it was a big man's world. Sure. Like, yeah, that's yeah. how basketball was played. You needed a shack. 
You need a LeBron. If you get a big man who can shoot like LeBron, oh, hell, better off. But, like, it wasn't until the, like, like when Dirk Nowitzki showed up, everybody's like, like, you you build a team around these big men who can just crash the boards, yep. dunk, get rebounds. You lose the finesse, so then when, like, a Steph Curry shows up, or, like, like I said, like a Dirk Nowitzki, people are like, I can't, he just does the the mid-level jumper. Right. Do something. Like, I heard people complain about these people who could just do a jump shot, which is this hilarious water change from that early 80s Larry Bird when it's just like, it's all jump shot. Right. Yeah. Like, if you crash the boards, you're a barbarian. Okay, you can do it, but come on. It's not how we play the game. Sure. And then it shifts. And then if you're that guy, the mid-level shooter, it's like, come on, loser. Come on, loser. Poster somebody. And then it's then now it's come it has come back to that. And it's just if you want to win, you got to do something fucking different. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now yeah, the yeah, interestingly enough, now the and I think it is with the wow. People people are like I really don't like wrestling and I really don't like basketball. <laughs> I'm glad they're comparing the two. <laughs> the world is now <laughs> Uh, a player like Joel Embiid, who plays for the 76ers, mm-hmm. who's he- just a crusher. He's a big dude. Yeah. He can get you, you know, 20 rebounds. He's just a monster. And then he just has this beautiful Ray Mysterio Jr. shot from outside. Like, what yeah. are you supposed to do about that? And the first part, you just have. It's just who his parents yeah. are and is what it is. But he, especially with him, like, like how big he is, like he just takes those shots all the time. That's why you. That's the difference between him and uh, is humunculus wrong? And a Shaq, like Joel Embiid, can cross the boards uh, and make eighty-eight percent of his free throws, right? Mm-hmm. Because he he took what he was born with and then he honed the skill. Whereas Shaq is. Uh, was a fucking monster like if you go back just like you're watching those wrestling go back back and watch shaquille o'neal in like 1992 he's terrifying because he's big in a different way like shaq is retired athlete big now but back then he's like he's just just lean he's the whole um where was I going with it? I don't know where I was going. Well, and I was like, George think about, South. like, remember when, like, just after, like, the, <laughs> the arrival of Shaq and the... Do the, I? Like, the big the slams. big men, but not, like, not the skinny, not like a David Robinson. There's a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Tim Duncan. There's a, it's a, it's a slower game. It's a, it's a softer game. Tall men, but still. But then, like, the arrival of the uh, Allen Iverson sort of and sure. one streetball culture mm-hmm. that changed the, how game teams played basketball. Without a doubt. there's Because they played that unique style of game that, unless years of, like, R&D and building a team, like, you can't stop them if you got half a team of guys who've played together that long. It's like having the, fa- it's like the Fab Four is a great example of, like, those Fab guys five. just let the world, or Fab Five, excuse me, the Fab Four, <laughs> beetle play a boots, little. dunking on those in those beetle <laughs> boots and high shorts, slipping around. Wouldn't sh- how much better would the Fab Five be? Because they got in a lot of flack, and and people don't give them 
Hope they you know their jerseys are still not they're still not recognized in the Michigan like Hall of Fame. Like That's they just it's insane. Who are the most famous people that have ever went to they, like Michigan every in Michigan athletics? Single one of them are on TV every week in some capacity, be they a coach or be they on ESPN talking about basketball. Juwan Howard is their guys... fucking coach. He's I their know. basketball coach. He's the first player in the NBA to get a hundred million dollar contract. They none of their jerseys are are Don't retired or anything. It is who's getting hung before them, like Hayseed Malone. Oh, ex- no, exactly. Because he would I, he could shoot the bucket shot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like potato sack in Wilkins. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid. Or it wouldn't even be like I bet potato sack Wilkins was a fucking game changer. Actually, that name's too cool. You know who's you know whose uh, jerseys hung? It's like Bob Rich. It's like, Bob Rich was the first person to have 12 rebounds in a game. And he's a lawyer. It's like, Andy, 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 Andy clerked for Anthony Scalia or something. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck you. He got six rebounds on his left hand and seven on his right hand. Right. And he had a strong A, A hard average. And it's like. I, and that just blows my mind. It, it's disgusting to me. But um, oh man! Oh, I but if the, the Fab Five, I wish the Beatles went to Michigan. <laughs> That's oh. whose jerseys. <laughs> Not just, like just we a, got Lennon, we got McCartney, we got. Has nobody done that? Like, because their big thing, they shave their head first. That's like that AI. Like, they're like, fuck yeah. you guys. I'm not going to conform. We're not going to play unless we get baggy shorts because the big thing was like high mm-hmm. and tights. And like, that's uncomfortable. And they're like, they, their school had a contract with Nike and they got like just, you know, at the time, which were like the very mm-hmm. standard, like, let's say Air Force ones, but I, I think they were even more basic. And they're like, Wait, if you have a contract with Nike, can't we get any Nikes? And they loved those, um, I think they were Charles Barkley's. I can't think of the name of the actual shoe. So oh, they had those like yeah. black kind of mid-top shoes. They, right, wore, they, they wore the black socks. I was going to say, didn't they get a shit ton of grief for the black socks? But how much better would it be if they said, we're not playing just unless Beetle Boots. Buckles. <laughs> beetle Boots. <laughs> they just have this beautiful long hair. Just long, <laughs> slender, slick hair, tight gray, I guess, uh, shorts like that there. dude from ACDC. Ringo's the out there with the, of the wool, the with wool the nail rashes. file. <laughs> Just need to get some texture on the bottom of these boots. <laughs> Ringo, file me boots. <laughs> Those guys must have been slipping and sliding. Also, I know there's, like you see, there's a hundred thousand iconic photos of the Beatles. Nobody's caught. I want to find deep, somewhere deep. I want to see the one of John Lennon. You know, he's had a late night, so he's got to get up. He's got his briefs. Just puts the Beatles boots on because there's nothing more unsettling than bare legs and bare boots. Uh, You know where that is. It's underneath Ringo Starr's mountain. So once everybody's gone, that's when that book comes out. Beatles, <laughs> boots, briefs, Ringo, Ringo Smog, <laughs> Ringo Smog, because yeah. he's there's just kind of no the universe wouldn't be right if Ringo doesn't go last. Like a beer, we need a beer belly John. Like you said, just 
briefs, boots. He's got a, the jacket on because everybody <laughs> stole his clothes because he was kind of being a, a little bit mean to everyone. Right, right. Oh, God. Um, yeah, the Fab Five. They're Beetle Boots. Fab Five V Fab Four. I dunked on you. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> They're like, oh, these guys, they do their own halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop them. They're always warm. And with a love like that, we're gonna beat Duke. <laughs> Sorry, Coach K. <laughs> stupidest thing ever. But the fact that I'm gonna go on Google now after we record and type in, you know, Michigan Fab Five Beatles and a mix doesn't come up with the two, it'll be a travesty. Oh, and then there's there's going to be some crossover because we're putting Beatles in a famous Fab Five ad, and then vice versa. Hard Day's <laughs> Night, starring Juwan Howard, oh, yeah. Jalen Rose, just playing his uh, his drumsticks on a just a, a series of basketballs in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> They're so talented; they can just they can do it all. John called a timeout. <laughs> John John said he was bigger than Coach K. <laughs> Burn him! Got God Almighty! <laughs> what else is going on? Oh man how how is how's your week been? Oh, uh, pretty good. You hear this dry small cell carcinoma? Fucking caught. I just I was sick last week. I got mm. over it, and then just with a little bit of a vengeance, it's not. It's worse than being sick. Well, that's not fair. It's different than being sick because I'm not sick. I just have the dry cough. You right. know, does that make sense? I was, I was. Somewhat... I had that for like the last week and a half too, to the point where Ash was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, it's just this, just this cough again, Drake." I was in a meeting with other individuals uh, last week, and you know, people are still gun shy about people coughing mm-hmm. around them. And I was in a meeting mm-hmm. in a room with multiple people. And again, I'm not sick, but this cough creeped back up on me. And I don't know. You know the feeling of when you want to laugh, but you can't laugh. Do you recall the feeling yeah. of when you need to cough, but you can't cough? It makes it a thousand times worse. So I'm like, oh, I got yes. a tickle in my throat. I got a <laughs> cough. So I do a <clears throat> and it like <clears throat> and then I'm like, the all beast. right, I've done four coughs now. That's alerting. So I'm going to hold this in. (laughs) And then I was holding it. So I knew the next, I couldn't let out like a little squeaker then. And so my next one just went, and I started crying. I started getting tears because now I knew I was to the point of coughing to gag to spit cough. Like, so I ran out like with tears. I haven't spoken in 15 years. And I was just like, well. I'm just going to, so I just sat in my car. Like I had to wait until, so I'd like, I went back. I was like, Hey guys, sorry. I had a cough. And everybody's like, okay. You've been gone for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you go home? <laughs> so I just got this dry cough. That's <laughs> more annoying than anything else. Um, I've been slowly like Megan and I have been purging, just fucking going oh, hard. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the hardest thing to do, but I've been really good about it. In the sense that if, like, I'm really struggling, like, this is a collectible or this is a thing, like, a piece it through my mind, and I'll go, fine. If I really can't let it go, for example, I have these preacher figures, 
Oh, yep. All oh, right. yeah, yeah. I yeah. love them. I was like, all right, I should go online and see if... And, and they've been in the... Like, they've been mm-hmm. behind other comics on a shelf, right? They've been out of sight, out of mind, right? <clears throat> so, yeah. um, I was like, found them. I was like, oh, I should go online and see... Or no, I said, I'm going to give these to Ruby. So fuck it. Because they're just going to stay in mm-hmm. the case. And I was like, I should go online yep. and see if they're worth anything. Because they they're still in the package. Had a little price tag on it, $14.99. And I said, nope, screw it. So I opened up, and now she's got Tulip and Jessie Custer, and they're her favorite. They're Amazing. wildly inappropriate. To the point where, actually, before she got to open Tulip, because Tulip has two fucking badass like berettas two uzis oh, she, yeah. she comes with one uzi but she's got two handguns <clears throat> oh. uh the only thing yeah and she's just you know she's tulip tulip from the comic not from the show both are equally uh outstanding i was like go take this to your mom and ask her if you can have it and i was like <laughs> she's gonna come back and say no obviously goes yeah. comes right back she said yes it's like what? all right i take another look at it and i go no, go ask your mom. Show it to her. Hand it to her. She comes back and mom says yes. And I was like, all right. So I all ripped right. it open. Mom said I was I like, guess. I'm keeping the Uzi because Dell's going to choke on it. And I the other handgun somewhere. So she's just got one gun. Hard to stand, though. It's funny. Jesse Custer has legs that have mobility. Um, right. But the tulip, tulip has, has a weird. Hips. The yeah, hips are the hinged. Le- in yeah. A... And she's posed in a. She's got a, beetle like boots a, on. Her. A, Yes. Haunch. Yep. Her. Yeah. That that is one thing. I hate that. I dislike that more than the Uzis because Tulip is. Uh, for those of you that don't know Tulip from Preacher, she's a fucking badass chick yeah, that holds her femininity character. along with her masculinity. She's tough. She holds her. Yeah, she's just a fucking tough bitch, man. But this image is it really has her. And they say I I learned this like do, studying. This is this is gonna sound stupid, but I learned this when I was studying the difference between adjusting people in my like yoga training, adjusting females versus mm-hmm. adjusting males, and we were studying posture with an anatomy book, and a lot of young women's posture is um, becomes warped because of the way society um, fetishizes breasts, right? Oh, I, so, so I from see a young age, women, uh, girls. Are are essentially taught. I'll say taught. Yeah, uh-huh. are essentially taught by the world around them that it's better to lead chest forward. So what that do is that like that does right, is you're... swoops the spine in an unnatural way. Mm-hmm. Like your spine is supposed to be curved. Like just like men who want to look more masculine and try and have the most erect spine to be taller. Like your mm-hmm. spine is also not supposed to be straight, which is what you're attempting right. to do. So these image, these societal forms that they tell us should be are totally fucked up anyways they do that to tulip her alignment is so weird it's just so chest forward and it's unfortunate because i did the same thing for harvey when the pandemic started would because we had just moved into this house and i was like i have (laughs) these toys yeah and i love them but not enough to just keep them in a box in a closet Right. right so i was like same same as you like it's there. You know what? No one's going to retire off of anything you could make off of these. Yeah. Also, the TV show is over <laughs> and only people who like the comic book like the TV show. So it's like, yep. OK, there's not going to be any appreciation on these. It was like same thing. 
and it was just this like fembot positioning yeah, and i was yeah. like just give her some more give her a hinge in the knee give yeah me a yeah absolutely. Elbow. she's hard to stand up um jesse custer's is very cool he is more mobile he comes with an eye patch and mm. fucking button to light up his eyes uh, for oh the, that's for right because the, the button God. on mine was burnt out mine too mine too i was like what is this button like i had to look at it so anyways there's something amazing about I we had the it's almost like too. cannibalizing your a, nostalgia. A like <laughs> Cassidy comes with a glass of booze. Saint of Killers comes with two badass six shooters, which I have. I haven't opened that one yet, but like, yeah, there's something so much better. So the figures, because I'm so mm-hmm. attached to that completest collectible yeah, person, yeah. are still in my life, but in so much more because. She, they're, they're just very cool figures, too. So now she gets to enjoy them. They're still around. So sure. I can, just like I have that, you gave it to me. Well, now it's Ruby's and she loves it, too. It's a really, really cool Jason Voorhees figure. Very oh, cool. yes. Yeah, that McFarlane uh, one. Yeah. yeah. And so. Not for the lighthearted, but. It's not, but she. If you're a Jason it's man. It's a cool you... figure. And it's got like a sword. She watches um mulan there's swords and shit in that it's no different she doesn't know the context of it yet Jason later on she'll be like this is insane like she loves to sleep with that michael myers doll you got oh, yeah, her yeah. so she'd be like i want to sleep Harvey with still has her lenny bird <laughs> which is like this rainbow bird she wanted in an arcade so i want lenny bird i want pascal i want to sleep with my tiger waffles and michael myers okay. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, yeah, so just digging through and going through that, and, like, every time, like, I fight the urge, I do it out, because I almost was like, well, let me look up how much this is worth online mm-hmm. before I open yeah. it, but I said, no, because it says fourteen nine hundred there, I'm like, what am I going to do? See, it's worth 40 bucks, and now I've got a chore, so I just exactly. opened it, <clears throat> yeah, and luckily, yeah. it's beautiful. Those, uh, uh, Tom, of... Tom and Eileen fame from Trailer mm-hmm. Park. Big shout out. He's the best. They are the best. Excuse me. Gave me those figures and they say $14.99 and they're from uh, Midtown Comic. And so I would imagine Preacher figures, probably 1992 or 3, maybe 93 or 94, 95. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> mid 90s because they were the one of the first DC Direct figures they did that were like not like superman batman you're like oh, oh cool uh, i can sure. get neil adams batman like they were like okay we're gonna start trying to compete with mcfarland toys and doing like our adult and... characters um, so i remember that just working in high school at the comic oh, shop sure. so it had to okay, be yeah. between it was between 96 and 2000 so they were 14.99 then and if you go online yeah. and look at it which i did after it was after the deed was sealed gotta do right? it yeah um they're 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 going for like the hardest exact 1499 <laughs> it, it's perfect i was like this is incredible i'm like what is the inflation of 1499 in like 1997 it's not much oh they're well, worth so much less than they used to be <laughs> right we're talking 90s 1499 <laughs> yeah. not 2020s oh, yeah. 1499 oh so if you're going through like i have these um like presidential stuff like these mm-hmm. i've like finger puppets of chester a arthur and uh uh millard fillmore and gerald ford and i was like i gotta op- like just open it like these sure. are 
and they're, they're amazing. We're having conversations. It's Jason Voorhees having a conversation no, with a bird and Gerald Ford. <laughs> and it's rich and it's engaging. So just, just, just do it. I, I will say this. I'm going to show you this figure, and it's probably going to be the last time any human sees it. Because you, sometimes you have to internalize uh, the comedy of something versus the support of something versus I, 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 it, there's a fine line. To, so I went to a museum in mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans and it was like I thought it. this is like how dull my brain is that for some reason I associated museum with right. responsibility <laughs> yes. and yeah, yeah, yeah. some type of authority respectable authority sure which i know that not to be true now so when there's i there's like a hierarchy we worked yes. at starbucks and we had secret shoppers yes so i'm with you in that like well museums have to have some accountability S- accountability it's- right so across the street was this giant World War. It's still there. It's amazing. World War II museum. You go in and there's like a 4D World War II experience hosted by none other than World War II's own Tom Hanks. Of and, course, of course. you know, like the nuclear bomb goes off and like mists of like fog and soot rain down on you and all this shit. Oh, shit. It's a, but amazing. it's a it's a federally funded. Sure. Arc, arc Our tax dollars at work. Yes. What isn't is across the street called the Confederate States of America Museum. Okay? <laughs> More huckstery style Yeah, museum? and I was like, well, it's a history museum. Just, but it, but it's not. In retrospect, and it literally only in retrospect, almost mm-hmm. like Kaiser Soze, as I walked around thinking like, this is really, they really don't like these Union generals much. And they really have a lot of in here. I was like, how'd these guys get a hold of General Grant's boots? Like, I was like, this is, <laughs> it's like, where, yeah, exactly. Like, where's the, so anyways, oh, and they were fucking, so when I went, to, and it was, it was smaller, and I'm, I just, and I'm like, they're selling a tape, a VHS of Song of the South. Okay. And I'm right. like, and again, it's like retrospective. The, the Disney like, one. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. The animated one? The that animated is now, one. You can no longer purchase in America? You couldn't then, really, which was so interesting to me. Like, again, I'm trying to process it. What I now know is this is just pro-war <laughs> between the states propaganda, gotcha. which has been this century and a half long propaganda by southern sympathizers to make the war about anything but what it actually was which was Mm -hmm. these rich people's rights to own other people that's all it was about and yet people are it's it's white supremacist bullshit that's what it is this is our commerce museum right about commerce so totally disgusting and i'm digging through my stuff and what i bought and i bought it because it is so juxtaposingly um insane to me but what I also realized is I gave five dollars to this museum, which is unconscionable. But it is a little figure of a, and it says a Confederate yes. infantryman. There's a rebel flag on it, and it's American souvenirs sold from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, made in China. But it is a Confederate infantryman, 
and it's an African-American man. So what you can infer here is they're like, we ain't, it's, it was a war about states' rights, and it's bullshit. And so <laughs> I bought this because it was so ironic, I guess, or that's not even a fair enough word. It was so, it's so awful, but it is awful. So I was like, this is going in the trash, but I was like, I got to show Casey this. I, it's funny you say that because I remember when you and Meg got home from that trip, <coughs> uh, you, Ash and I and you guys all hung out. Like, you guys came back. We're like, hey, let's all like go get some dinner and hang out. And I remember because you were like, look what else we found at this fucking crazy museum. Because you had brought home just a, a, a varying array of, of fun trinkets. Like, yeah. I still have the button. It's like, you know, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Oh, from you know, the World criminal War II Museum. Yeah. Criminal number one. That's right. So, because you were like, I got this stuff for you. And he's, you're also like, I got this, though. It's fucking crazy. And I remember you showing me, and I was like, that's just insane. Disgusting, yeah. Insane, yeah. And like, we laughed, but, like, yeah, we were 25. <laughs> you know, oh, no, even like, now. It, but it's, you know what it feels like? And it's, like, heavy and metal. This feels like something you would see. Like, did you ever see that amazing Spike Lee movie? It's amazing. It's called Bamboozled. It's got... Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so good. And uh, it, it it goes into a lot of things. But, like, one of the things this this person played by Damon Wayans um, goes into is he starts collecting all these old um, racist, stereotypical Americana and if, by the way, yeah, if you yeah, go yeah. to, um, uh, not street fairs, uh, um, swap meets or whatever, flea what, markets, yeah, Americana, there's just yeah. unsavory, sure, supremacists, white supremacists, in all well, like, that go through this thing, and you'll see there's all this old stereotypical stuff, and people collect it, and I hate to say it, like, like because it's so. It's it's like American Beauty. I don't need to beat beat a dead horse here. Like he collects Nazi China. Why? Uh, because it's just what it what does it hold? Like it's like a talisman for a different time. Juice. Yes. It's got the ju- yes juice. Like, yeah. It's got the like. <laughs> hey man! Oh, you guys came over. Hansi, you're this guy's cool. Hey, we're going out to the garage for a sec. Maybe smoke some cigars. Right. I don't know. And then I open a, a a a curio cabinet, and you're like, "Why do you have human fingers and like all of this ephemera from the Civil War?" And I was right. Like, Could then they give you a little juice, though? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. This is Jack Dempsey's foot. Greatest yeah. prize fighter of all time. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Got it in the bar. Uh, so this baby. I, I think it does because there was that. There's that. It's based on the. Uh, um, Daniel Klaus comic book Ghost World. Okay, yeah, yeah got, sure. Scar- was Scarlett Johansson's one yep. of her earliest movies? And Thora Birch also too. has Thora Birch from yeah. yes. Um, speaking of American Beauty, but Steve Buscemi's character in it uh-huh. is one of those collectors. Like he's an artist, but he collects that like Americana, like racist advertising in yeah, things, and sure. like that's the whole arc. Is like he's getting in with these art kids and eventually there's all everyone's like why do you do this like why do you have this right right and that's it's it worth money but it's oh it's unsettled you know 
Like you can do a show. You can justify by putting it in a uh, in a show. Yeah, right. Yeah, just like so. Like I'm like looking around. I have all this. Like I love Civil War history and stuff. And so this is like a weird comment on look at uh, like different perspectives. But yeah, it also just holds so much. Like I just realized when I pulled it down because it's sitting with like an old like they made a old full size figure JFK GI Joe doll, which I have, and all this old like stuff. And it's like all yeah, of, yeah. a quote unquote Americana president, American presidential. Mm-hmm. Anna, whatever. And this just shot out at me. I was like, this is fucking evil incarnate in a tiny little tin figure. Right. And it just doesn't need to exist in this world anymore. And I wonder if that's... I wonder if there's something to be said about that, too. If that's some fucking... That... This is some weird shit. Also, weird, like, weird collector people so we're kind of wired in that way to like chase after the odd thing the odd misprint and like that's why that figure could be so evil because if it was in a stack of other figures i would be drawn to it because i know i'm like well that's fucking weird yeah that's Wrong. But then, that, then it becomes normalized because you're like, oh, that's yeah, an exactly. Thing. You don't want to normalize a f- uh, it's a unique, offense. Know, but... It's like you know what makes me think of that, and and so I think in America, this is, started with George South, and we're going there, baby. I think Stay, in America, the the it's, nothing is ever the last bastion. But it's interesting how you can go back and look at these. You can follow me. You can go back and look at these old advertisements and see, like, holy shit, right? Like, this is just unreal that it's real. But now there is an also an under, because I worked at a, what did I think? Flea market. Um, Mm -hmm. And a big thing at flea markets are old weightlifter magazines, right? Oh, there we go. There we go. Now we're getting into some. Sure. And you look at Interesting them, territory. And they're, they're erotica for gay men yes. who couldn't openly be gay at the time. There's just, it just is what it is. It's not a wrestling mag. It's an, it's an exo- it's a sexual um, magazine. It's, it's a, ma- it's Maxim magazine. It's me. Yes. It was made in the, it, it's you. made in the fifties and it's, it's men, strong men with muscles and but, flexing. So nothing insidious about it. It's like, but that's the thing. Is it because you like it's? It'll be like a, a like a guy flexing in like chainmail and beetle boots, right? <laughs> and, but he'll have two weights, right? And we're laughing about it. But that is like it had. If you if you just peel that page open. Yeah, it's a comment on like the fucking foot of society on the neck of these guys who have to buy weightlifting magazines, quote unquote. You know what I mean? It really is like a weight feel like themselves. Right. Because that's the thing. It hasn't really changed because I get one from Brooklyn. Yeah. When he was I mean, he's our age. So he was like, yeah, when I was in high school. I decided that I wanted to like lift weights, and become a weightlifter. <laughs> yeah. So his parents were like, 
Sure. We'll get you some weightlifting magazines. Right. It's it's 1995. Oh, those mid-90s weightlifting like, mags. He's like, these are for gaming. As a, <laughs> as a teenager, he was like, this is, I just wanted like tips <laughs> from Hogan, like how to get them pythons. And like, I'm getting tips on getting real pythons. <laughs> Going down, he was just like, he had, this, I was like. Oh my god, I remember hearing that story because Ashley's dad also in the like mid sixties was a teenager who was like, I want to lift weights too, and he was just like, Um <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go outside and lift a water bucket. And that's the thing, right? Like that's unfortunate that they can't have just weightlifting tips and that these <laughs> these magazines tips. have to be fucking relegated to the shadows and uh, yeah, there's just there's there's something because it's again it's it's the perspective is comical, not the <laughs> just love the, the you said chainmail and it's like being fifteen and being like, well, I can't see his physique. He's wearing too much chainmail. <laughs> what a waste of a magazine! Exactly. Yeah. How many pumps to, to get those beautiful calves? Yeah, I I think the the best breakdown is like. When you see, even if it's like, there's just no reason to keep that shit. That shit belongs in a fucking museum, but a reputable right. museum that has a huge <laughs> He's also fucking. Not my wrestling magazine museum that I have. You know what? There should be a wing. The MoMA or something should do a wing of like, um, uh, what would you call it? Like. The weightlifting archives? Yeah, but just in general, it includes this stupid Confederate soldier, like, uh, like normalized censorship, maybe, or normalized propaganda. I don't I know. I think it's kind of. We've been watching. There's a there's a fun one of those like flea market shows on Netflix now. It's called like Hot Wrestling Swap, Mags. I think. Incorporated <laughs> weightlifters, you, you got to pay. It's behind a paywall. Um, but it, it's just like, and so it's just these. There, I guess there's this radio station in Eastern Tennessee that is was basically started in the fifties, and it is basically just Craigslist but the radio. Mm. So people call in and they're like, "Hey, I got this old car in a box of weightlifting magazines. You want to come out the, you know, you know, Route Ten." ask for a case and it's just these people and they trade these like ephemera and curio stuff so the show on netflix is very manicured like a reality show like american pickers but i was like i feel like that curio shop curiosity i think that's coming back so I think you need like a curio museum like oh i see what like what ripley's used to be not sure. like go get a steak sandwich and like kiss Zendaya's wax doll. Sure, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah right. I see what you're saying. Like, I want to see a, a human head preserved. Because um, there's a place in Philly, if you guys ever get to go, oh, the Mudder Museum. I've, I mean, I, it is so on my list. They have, uh, they have, don't they have, um, they have Leon Cholgash's yes, Ivor fifty seven uh-huh. whatever. They have the gun that killed McKinley there. They yep. have fucking people's 
brains there and shit. It's oh. so cool. And like Philadelphia is such a because it's like the first city in America, like the first proper metropolis. It has this weird old European feel to it. So like the Mutter Museum is a museum in Philadelphia and it's they took the first college of medicine in the United States and converted it into this museum that preserved basically the arc of medicine in early America. Amazing. So because it was where everybody was, they have and it's in this beautiful old was a mansion now it's just a museum like reliefs of different because it makes sense it's like oh i need to learn i need to learn how tumors grow so they just have a series of like people as these tumors grow and they did plaster casts of them wow as they tried to cure them so you're walking through what feels like wayne manor sure and then you're looking at the joker's art hanging on the wall that's so good like weird things in formaldehyde and then also just like the history of medicine and the evolution of like medical schools it's so cool it's just the most fascinating it's definitely on my list i uh you know what i I think they should bring back if we're going back to civil war era history or uh, let's uh, 19th century history i want to bring back and it reminds me i need to get one now Sooner than later, I want to bring back. You can see Lincoln's at the Smithsonian. I want to bring back the life mask, and then they give yes. you the death mask. Boom! Got that too for fucking haunting that death mask. It is especially when you associate with a figure like Lincoln. But I would imagine it's yeah. like anyone that sure. is that that's something. They they also did like Lincoln's dead death dead hand. I don't know what it is. Oh, like, yes. Right? I feel like that's at the Met or something. Yeah, it's got like a pen in it. They just shoved a pen in his hand. Just I mean, it, it, it makes it. They didn't have. They're like, people will probably want to know how big Lincoln's hands were. And then that crazy chick that followed around musicians, she donged him. <laughs> she took his measurements while he wasn't looking. Gotcha, bitch. I got Lincoln's dong mask in my trunk. <laughs> Live or dead? <laughs> <laughs> you got to come with me to find out. It'll cost you three weightlifting magazines. The history of that woman, what we're talking about is a woman started an art project where she was like, I'm, I'm a fan of musicians. I'm a fangirl groupie, if you and can how. use that term. And she's like, she was in art school and she's like, I think this is going to be my project. I'm going to try and get famous musicians dongs. And my thought, like how it had always been sold, she'd make a plaster cast, is she rocked it. You got, you know, Jerry Garcia's <laughs> down to his knees. Yes. You got, you got fucking. Uh, <laughs> they just slid a little blunt between <laughs> the shaft and the balls. Uh, you know, you got Jimi Hendrix, Bendrix. Like you got, like, like she doesn't. She's got her collection on display. She's got, got both like, Allman Brothers twice. No, no, she's got like Pink Floyd's Road Manager. Because oh. all the other guys, are like, I'm not, I'm not doing. I'm going to take a nap. Like, why in the world? What? Like, so she's got like. I'm going to go drink know. Jägermeister with Lemmy. 
Right. She's got the guy that they ride did, motorcycles. This guy did the door at the Roxy in 1974. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tore tickets at the Roxy. <laughs> and she just showed up, but I was like, okay. <laughs> you got it. Which I guess now is more of the uh, uh, an appropriate... If you're going to do that art piece, you want the ticket taker at the Roxy. You want the guy who sells cigarettes. You want to do the everyman. Like, think about the, the periphery people. The people who don't get raised up. I don't want a Jerry Ford. I want a Don Rumsfeld. <laughs> I need mean, rummy, baby. Rummy. Oh, uh, how do I get on that? Curios. Ah, just we're talking about yeah, curio things. Collectors. I guess ultimately, where we started was me opening up this stuff and trying to purge, and uh-huh. and and I guess if you can break this down to its purest form, collectors are fucking crazy, and yes, I yes, yes. am one of them. But I was t- there's a spectrum of crazy, and I noticed with this tiny little figure just hit me like a ton of bricks that my uh needle ha- was going too far towards the edge mm-hmm. of blurring the lines between collectible and like visceral so this baby's she's getting melted down and she's becoming a bullet From and a i'm going to kill the president he's <laughs> 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 committing to the bit he's got it man he's- he has been to that museum. That was a long. That's a, and you know what? If I actually did, this would be in a museum. This podcast, <laughs> I'd be like, "That's his manifesto." It we starts with it. wrestling, goes to basketball, <laughs> goes to this weird museum. We spent wrestling magazines. The, the Beatles playing the Hoosiers. I think if that were to happen, which it won't, this is a joke. Uh, if that were to happen, this podcast. Would truly overturn democracy. This this would end um, the American Thanks, experiment because it's that weird, and people are that um, yearning for conspiracy. So to break this down, I think would break America's to start brain. From Ep one, it would fill some hearts, but break oh, our yes. brains, oh, yes. fill our soul, but break our it's just structure. It's inside, deep inside, and you're like, I can't, I just can't make sense of it but i would like for it all to go down this is obviously a joke and then you and i get to get in our phone booth and go into the future and we see lady justice no longer has the scales of justice but has a barbell and is in chain mail <laughs> we know, did it supreme court south supreme court ju- justice and rufus south, is george actually south. still george carlin <laughs> of because he traveled back from the mid 80s Oh, absolutely. No. We were talking about weird collector things, and I don't know if you had a chance. There's that documentary on HBO about the about Beanie Babies. I, ha- I Obviously, I've, I've seen that it's available. I haven't watched it. I think you'll, you're in the perfect headspace for it now, because you just get... They do such a great job of explaining, A, what Beanie Babies were, and sort of how they came to be. And like the driving force, because it was like at that time I was working at the comic book store. Oh, yeah. And the comic book oh, store in the time I started a going there and then b working there was this titanic shift from sports cards 
to comic books for a second, but then mostly like uh, magic cards, Star Wars gaming cards, Pokemon pogs. cards, pogs, and then finally it was just Beanie Babies. Oh yeah. So I was always like, oh, that's a thing. That's how it happened. So it's just a cool. Wasn't it like really a game with bones too? There was like this weird period of like pouches full of yes, throwing like bones. Dice games. Yeah. That's interesting. Were not like like craps. It wasn't like a game you could make money on. It was like, no, I have the uh, Dragon Force dice game. Would you like to play? And the answer is always no. Of course not. They. Uh, it's interesting. You could structure a very tight, but full and rich narrative, and you could chronologically structure it around something i don't feel anybody's done around your time at the comic book story because you're right the shifts were so monumentous in that world they were so quick and and they were so sharp they were like a richter scale so it literally went from like fucking baseball cards to basketball cards to comic Uh books to pogs to Magic cards to Star Wars cards to throwing bones, little smaller blip to That's fucking right. beanie babies, and then, do, 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 do. Uh, and then it stopped. Mark McGuire started stopped. hitting dingers, and it's back to back to baseball cards. Yep. Oh no, that's like that vicious, crazy, weird cycle. And that's what's so interesting about the beanie baby thing is because it perfectly mirrors all of the the boom and bust of all of those things. Oh, yeah. Be it baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards, gaming cards, comics. They all have the same speculator rise, and it's just so interesting. Because, like, the driving force is these core, like, four women. Okay, that who, are word who just got into it, it, got into it for their kids, and they're all, like, young, middle-aged professionals, and it's just, they admit how like, they went down the rabbit hole but then like their desire for it sort of informed the higher-ups at ty was the name of the company it's named after the guy and i was like oh hans has to see this because they do see this yeah. guy and they just describe him they're like he's as close as you're ever gonna get to an actual willy wonka he's fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> and just like super insulated and he's like has these like huge crushing meetings where he's like um so i need a frog and he'll do these like gesture drawings print frog. the frog and then it, the frog immediately but it's just that when you're caught in that cycle that immediately that frog is worth five thousand dollars so it feeds into his own weird roller coaster. idiosyncrasies yeah but he was smart enough as a businessman, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that at the time. He only sold – he, like, hand-sold, like, a door-to-door salesman to, okay. like, little little tchotchke shops and, like, greeting card shops. So you couldn't ever, like, go to Walmart and get Beanie Babies oh. until way later. Sure. So he created this demand and then was feeding off these people who were creating spreadsheets and magazines did he die rich? Like, what is this guy's deal? Did it? Did he come he's out still, on the a, other he's end? Still alive. He's in. He's just a recluse. He made all the money, and then it kind of bottomed out. But did it bottom out for him? 
No. I wouldn't they think out so. as a thing. And for the like, collectors that were baby, like... Baby. It was like but people that are investing in crypto. Well, like, different, but... No, it, yeah, it's very similar. Like, the, the fervent tone they have oh, about yeah. this thing. It reminds me of people I know who, like, guys I worked with who are big into the like the meme stocks they have the same like yeah no no you don't get it man here we're gonna do this you gotta get a little crypto go do some side you gotta get a, a crate full of beanie babies you're gonna be worth and you watch these people and they're like my kid's gonna go to harvard i've seen that shit <laughs> yes oh and you feel bad because it was like as as we just discussed all of these figures that we have have nothing none of the collectibles i have are worth a fucking thing other than to me personally. Right. Otherwise, And that could no even be detrimental. Profit. Because it's there's a weight. No... Exactly. And like you talked about, it's like, oh good, I gave myself a chore. So I either gotta go to this toy store and bargain with the guy. <laughs> right. Up to get the 25 bucks for this old toy that I don't even want. Or I gotta set up an eBay account and then mail it. I'm like, I'll just keep it. Or it's gotta move with me for the Right, it stays time. with me until you know what I mean. Until my family has to unload it. That, that's what I was saying. Like I was going through um, clothes. Like like I said, we're just spring cleaning, and I just have like I cannot get rid of like some like jerk practice shirts and stuff we made, and I and I oh, won't. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like Meg, I'm gonna buy some of those vacuum seal packs because Ruby will want them later. And meanwhile, oh, I've got you do what I do ten fucking totes in my garage of stuff that my parents bring for me, and we go yeah. like, "Oh, it's so thoughtful that they kept it." How long do we have to keep it? And now I'll bleep <laughs> out all of this where I say until we can. Th- <laughs> and yet I'm doing Harvey the exact will love same these thing. T-shirts right. in fifteen years. She'll, no you one's know, gonna it, be wearing a T-shirt. We're all gonna be wearing out of context. Potato sack Johnny's. Like what is made in China? Like what is. <laughs> What does right. even mean? It's fucking asshole. We live in China now. <laughs> You're right. Um, the I jokes check- just won't land as hard. No. But yeah, just, yeah, holding on to shit. So, like, I guess, I, like, but, the, so, that's the thing, too. Like, I have all these, like, amazing, any doubles of stuff now is going, like, I have doubles of, like, some of my pins and stuff. Like, the doubles are going yeah. away. I certainly yeah, can't yeah. get rid of some of the pins, but. Like, I have, like, a William McKinley, like, inaugural, like, button and ribbon. I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep that, but that shit's going on a fucking... That kid's going on my my daughter's wedding dress. Like, that's not <laughs> staying in a box. Yeah. Like, that is going on her jean jacket yeah. because it is ultimately it meaningless. It, it is. It's an interesting talking piece, and it can't be talked about. If it's in a drawer with Richard Nixon's Christmas card. You know what I mean? Right. And again, that's just a lesser... Having Richard Nixon's Christmas card from 1972 is just a lesser version of this figure I'm talking about. But the figure Mm -hmm. is more in your face. Like, why do I have... Why do I particularly like that Nixon stationery? Because of the juice. He was a bastard. You know what I mean? Of course. I have these, uh, like, person of the year of all these presidents. I have Reagan and all these things. Reagan is a fucking war criminal, right? But then yeah. I kept, like, my Donald Trump 
person of the year. And I saw that when I was like, I'm going to throw right. this out. It's just all context. It's the same guy. It's all it's time. Just... It's the same guy. One is just, like you said, maybe one's more visually, less visually stark or I don't know. Yeah, man. So, oh man, I have a National Geographic with like a monkey giving a boy a bath though. That Meg, <laughs> Meg tried to throw in the trash, and I, my fingernails almost came out of there. My skin, I tried to claw that out of the garbage so quick. And that's from the magazine pile at Watertown High School Art Department that were just these beautiful magazines that you could go in an exacto knife and choose, like, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. It was just reference because they were like, what do we do with these old magazines? Throw them at the art. They call them Fs at the, the time. Kids. Give them to the art kids so they can just Throw them in the star them. room. Maybe yeah, they'll exactly. learn something. But man, when she tried to take that, like, I could have been on that show, Hoarders. Like, I felt <laughs> a pain. Pain. I, had a, I can't cast the first stone because I had to throw away a file folder I had, which was just, like you said, precise, exacto cuts of, like, I had the beautiful photograph of... When they drug fucking Saddam Hussein out of that spider hole, I have like, it. Save, I have that too. Clipping photos, uh-huh. uh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, I was yeah. just like, ooh, I might need these for something someday. And it was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're not going to need it. I tore up a birthday card, and then right behind it was a New York Post cover mourning the loss of Geraldine Ferraro, who was the first <laughs> woman. On a presidential ticket as Walter Mondale's vice president. And that went back in the folder. So I know I still have, like, ish shoes. Because I was like, that was 2000. I was like, I didn't know that was 2011. And in 10 years, I'll look at it again and go, man. So just like you could marker a story through a chronological narrative of the card shop, I could marker a story through my aging when I open the same folder every decade and go like, eh, it was just like it was yesterday that Walter Mondale died in 2018, you know, of a stroke. Because you convince yourself by taking a few of the clippings out. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm making progress. And you're like, but then I got to cram these new ones in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, but I did pull. But I'm being smart. I pulled stuff out that I was like, I'll tell Casey this and then it'll go in the trash. For example, when does a joke... I've cut out jokes here. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it's a full grown. And there's just something about that (laughs) word that I was like, that's not only a dad joke about being a dad joke, but the word grown Grown. almost sits in the back of my throat like the word panty. Yeah. Unacceptable. It makes me think that that dad... Has something on his computer. So I'll throw that away. <laughs> so that's why I kept that. Let's see, what else do I got here? Uh, I've got a whole article on how Lutherans grapple with the question of Martin Luther being an anti-Semitic. <laughs> because it's about Lutherans. I know. And I would go into it with you here, but we all know. We acknowledge of our sins as church does bring pain. As the declaration admits, guilt is not always... It's just... It's bullshit. I I kept it for the same hypocrisy that we keep going back to the figure that is a form of cultural hypocrisy. It's a church saying, 
we're Lutherans and we're a good church, even though the guy who was Luther was a (laughs) bastard, murderous, slanderous, racist, bigot, monster. But they're like, but we're good people and come to the Lutefisk Fest and have some flatbread. Help our mental outlook because we're both a nerdy collectors, but B. We both went through the same Watertown debate system. Yeah. So it's like, got to save that clip. Might need, might need it. Oh, might yeah. Might need to bring some evidence. And I, was I like, might need to hit the Lutheran. When you bring the case against the Lutheran church? Right. And I can't possibly bring the case against the Lutheran church when I have the Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer, Watertown, South Dakota, celebrity cookbook. <laughs> celebrity cookbook. You can make a mixed baked bean casserole. You can make green rice. You can make hash brown casserole. I love... You can make moose stew. You can make crockpot goose. This is insane, actually. (laughs) You can make sassies. This is the first time this has ever been opened. Fabulous four bean hot dish. Every one of these is a Midwestern sketch group's name, by the way. No, it really is. You can make everything's uh, a casserole. Everything's a hot dish. A with Buster the one Bar boost. dessert. Buster Bar. Million dollar cookies. Class field trip candy bars. I mean, that is just this is a beautiful reference, and it's not going anywhere. I can't get rid of it because this has obviously Aunt Ruth's vegetable salad. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys all the ingredient for Aunt Ruth's vegetable salad. One, and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be so good. I don't even know what this first thing possibly is. I've never seen this. It's probably just because of the way it's phrased. One box cooked macaroni rings. One can is drained... Is it the wagon wheels? I, just, I get. I've never heard of a macaroni uh, ring. Hey, man. I'm nothing against Ruth. But when you're starting off with a vegetable salad, the first thing is not a vegetable. <laughs> you're from the Midwest, baby. <laughs> you got it right. Re-evaluate. <laughs> you got one can of drained kidney beans. Cider vinegar to cover the kidney beans. One can French-style green beans drained, one cup of half-and-half, one tablespoon of mustard, one can drained sliced carrots, one can peas, oh god, canned peas, small chopped green pepper, small chopped onion, small charred chopped pimentos. Old recipes are created from the minds of pure maniacs. This This shouldn't say, this could just as easily say... Arkham Asylum's celebrity cookbook. Right, yes. From you know what I mean? Because that's a, one cup of chopped cherries. Did you have you guys heard the ingredients? Two cups of Miracle Whip and Ooh. a scant dash of sugar. This oh, that, is an that insane mad loves his person's recipe. That's insane. Wow. It's vegan. What's the it only vegetable in there? Beans? No, you got you got canned carrots. Oh, you got a peas. You got a green pepper. You got vegetables. But the cherries, the cherries, Tex-Mex pasta salad, Thor's spring salad. Oh, it's a salad with full on spaghetti. You know, those are fucking dangerous. Spam sandwich filling. I mean, whew. Mexican yeah, chicken, man- to say Mexican earth chicken manicotti just it goes it, i don't i don't even know how to process the sentence you just said you can't process bubble pizza <laughs> sounds like a video game from japan from 1991 yes, yes. come play that bubble pizza 
Boop, That's what boop. Mario Brothers 2 was originally called. It was called Bubble Pizza. Right. There's the Bubble Brothers who love pizza. And they had to change it. So I got that. I couldn't get rid of this picture of a monkey giving a cat a massage. That was no, cut out of the Daily News in like 19 or 2005 until I showed it to you. Now I can get rid of it. <laughs> now it goes. Now for posterity, we have, it's on the podcast. We've talked about this guy on the podcast numerous times. But I still have the most roided out, toxically day, masculine homosexual that came the day in. day wrecker. The day wrecker, as we call him, who almost punched through my bar because he came in and drank a fuck ton and knew he couldn't pay and started drinking knowing that. So I got pissed off and I said, you need to pay me. He said, I can't pay you. I said, well, he said, I'll go get you money. I said, cool, leave your license. He said, I don't have a license. I said, well, what do you have? He said, I just have my gym membership, which is this. This is fucking (laughs) gym membership. It's a city, though. It's a city (laughs) gym. It's not even a proper gym. But he put this on the bar and he said, I just have my gym pass, right? And I said, I'll take it. And the force, or he hadn't put it. He showed it to me. He said, I just have my gym pass. I said, I'll take it. Go give me your money. The strength. With which this red-faced, <laughs> red-chested George South maniac slammed this card that I have in my hand down, Mr. I'll, de- I'll bleep it, William L. Bowen, shook the bar as if it were WrestleMania 1 at right. Madison Square Garden. He had a belly full and of Thor's pasta dish. Terrified. Like, just a shudder went down my spine. Like, if you could, like... If it were a Silly Symphonies like musical, you would see the skeleton playing my spine with his little things. It was so terrifying to me, but he left it, and I slinked it away and just prayed. Prayed he wouldn't come back, even to pay me. I was like, I'm going to pay his tab. But anyway, so I got that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, go away. This will go away. Because I told you that he came back like two days later when I was working. (laughs) That's right. But he didn't know that he had left this, right? He didn't remember that. You couldn't have met a nicer guy. Oh, that's right. Scarf, paper, laptop. (laughs) And there you go. That's it. It's a Tuesday afternoon. It's like, hey, can I help you with something? He's like, actually, good sir. I think I left my ID here. (laughs) I went, nah, I don't see an ID back here. And he's like, well, shoot. Maybe I'll be back later. And he left, and I was like, okay, that guy was way chipper. And then I told you that, and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then that should be a good, uh, right here we can bring it up. That's a good reminder that uh, people have, there's two sides to every every William L. Bowen, aren't there? And sometimes those William L. Bowens are very far apart. He tickles your spine up and tickles my spine down. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof, duh. Man. Oh, uh, all right. Um, I know we're recording this a little later, so I don't know. Uh, but I have to give a jerk practice recommendation, Casey. Mm-hmm. I don't. Meg made it all the way through. I'm, mm-hmm. it, I'm, I can't fathom that, but she did it. It is a documentary on uh, HBO. Okay. It's right up our alley. It's mm-hmm. a BBC mm-hmm. documentary, but it's about an American guy where is he from i want to say it's either california or oregon actually his name's keith doolin all right 
Beautiful right. serial killer glasses, mustache, portly. Looks like BTK, but younger. Yeah. All right. So you know where I'm going with this. And the, the name of the documentary is uh, tw- uh, 20, 20 Years Death Row or something. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. 20 years on death row. And it's about how this guy may have been wrongly convicted. And yeah, the, the actual meat of the story is interesting. But you'll never get to the meat because the reason I'm recommending this is because this is the most beautiful example of how you would never make a documentary. I was like, the BBC paid for this and put this on air and then HBO bought this and now put this on their platform. It is so beautiful, Casey. You can just tell that this person, this artist, this documentarian lived by the maxim more, not less. So every effect is used. Every effect. Star that, wipes, clock wipes. I kid I'm not kidding you. Every font is used. Every <laughs> you, the 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 narrators are played by actors even though they have the tape. And they play the tape and they go, but now this is played Ooh. and it's played by an actor that's like Keith Doolin is from like Oregon. He's like, my name's Keith Doolin. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And, and I'm innocent till proven guilty. Every glitter, every bit of the audio is totally audibly legible or audible. It's totally discernible. Sure. They got a fucking uh, subtitle that shit subs it for everything but use a different font each time which is so jarring and then every (laughs) shot this is what's amazing is the voyeuristic feel because i think they're trying to get like almost like a a sickening like serial killer twist so every Mm -hmm. interview they do they will cut back to these shots it's not like a straight on like it'll be it'll start with like an underneath like the desk shot where you can just see the back of their head and a shoulder and furniture. And then a tight, oh, loves, clo- almost fetishized, almost fat Dennis from head of the class, like, loves hands. So they'll talk and then it'll cut to their hands, like, like from a different day. It is insane. But Casey, my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite part is this mother trying to defend her son, Keith Doolin, who she thinks was wrongly convicted, and by the way. When you see who his lawyer is, which is should be where the actual mm-hmm. story is, right. this lawyer who just had a bad gambling debt and realized the state would pay him X amount of money to try a case, but <laughs> anything he didn't spend, can, like, he try gets, a case. yeah, they're like, we'll give you $80,000 because it's a death row case and we need lawyers to take death row cases. By the way, anything you don't spend on his defense, you keep. So this is a death row case. You shouldn't even take a death row case in front of a judge for a year. This guy brought it in front of the judge in three weeks. Ooh, eating Ooh. soup out of his briefcase. He did not fucking bring any defense. And like there, the prosecution's case, this guy, innocent or guilty, was weak. That could have been countered. Yeah. This guy had 80 grand. He spent like $1,500 on this guy's case. Um, and that was all that's for where his the own story gas, is, which he got reimbursed for. Right, that's where the story should have been. But the best is when uh, they reenact a scene, and she's just so. Example: This mother's in a parking lot. She's talking about how she was with her son when the FBI like was in the bushes and they surrounded him. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so jerk practice. Like, just trying to put too much kiss on the biscuit. Like, 
Because <laughs> she's describing it. She's like, so we go into, and she's just in a parking lot. There's nothing around her. She's just in the setting. That's it. She's standing still. Yeah. She, using hand gestures like me. She's like, just tr- so we go in the to the barbershop. And as we go through the door, and I'm like, wait, Meg. Like, as she's telling this story, like, subtle and soft in the background, who was putting this, combining this together, put cartoonish sound effects in the background. Cheers? So she was like, we go through the door and you hear, jingle, jingle, like of a bell going through a door. (laughs) And then what we see is that the FBI are coming out of the bushes. Russell, 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 Russell. And they run up on him. Footsteps. (laughs) And they take him on the ground. But it's still. And she's like, sirens. And you just hear, whoop, 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 whoop. And they come out of the door and you're, door slam like car door i was like we gotta watch that again that was because i know what it means to put sound effects on something somebody sat and was like you know what because her Hmm. story's fascinating it's about a serial killer getting hoisted by By the fbi by these fbis who've been staking him out but they're like no i'm not shitting you so you it it's like a four-part series each one's an hour and a half it's in my mind, unwatchable, but so watchable at the same time. It's the I can't wait. collector's documentary, if anything. <laughs> it's the Confederate History Museum of documentaries. <laughs> it exists to be the, seen, questioned, and discarded to the trash bin of film history. 20 years, death row. That, that museum's dueling. got a lot of use in it. Yeah. <laughs> Museum. All right, I oh, like it. Man. A lot of roller coasters in there. Oh, what do I do with my coffee? Oh, she's on the <laughs> shelf. She's on the shelf next to my uh, Avon uh, Ben Franklin perfume. Ooh, I had I had one of those Lincoln ones until it broke. I got I got two of them. I'll send you one. I'll pick it up when you guys move. No, it wasn't even a joke. I literally have two of them. <laughs> Oh man. Anyways, that's enough. Of what do you think, here. man? I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good. That's I just so looked good. up at uh, speaking of the card shop. We can bring it full circle. I just looked up to a figurine I've had since I was 16 that came from that very card shop, which is a glass dome. Larry Bird, yes. three point champion, and that shit ain't going anywhere. And it is the most dainty, oh, no. hardest thing to move because he is oh. beautifully poised with the tiniest little tin. Holding one foot up and then the shakiest glass dome over a the nice mahogany stand. The only thing that could stand. make that Larry Bird figure more precious if it was made out of porcelain. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, I remember when you bought it, you were like, I think I'm going for it. And I was like, all right, we'll save it for you. We got it. <laughs> and then we have lived together. So, so we spent so much time together. It's always just like, yeah, there's Larry. <laughs> yeah, it's a staple. Just the- perched in there doing that. And I know, I'm Just, looking at it now as though we've gotten into our uh, phone booth, and I'm literally yeah. seeing my kids not just throw it in the trash, but before throwing it in the trash, <laughs> complaining about like, me giving them a goddamn chore. Like, the do I got to keep this? Do I got to hold on to it till they see him again? And Because they're gonna, he's going to ask me about, where's Larry? Hey, girls, where's that Larry statue I haven't seen <laughs> in a while? <laughs> Because you're going to give it to your kids, you know? <laughs> They're going to love it. 
we basketball doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's gone. We have it. Where do we Dell, where do we It's Dell, I think it's out the, for cleaning, I think. Shed, it's in the shed. Meanwhile, they've melted it down to clean <laughs> to kill the king. <laughs> they've melted it down for a bullet to kill the king. So they've melted it down to a for their laser holster. Watch it. Those Frywall girls are coming for you, Prince William. I'm sorry, King William. Exactly. King President. If only the King of England got shot by some idiot who melted a Larry Bird pewter figure down into a ramrod it's, bullet. It's the only time you'll see the God forensic specialist the on the stand get asked the question about the bullet and have to go. <sighs> Yes, sure we it determined it was from a 1998 Larry Bird three-point championship <laughs> melted down um, and formed into a rudimentary projectile. <laughs> or even worse, they just put it in a slingshot and shoot it like I was just going to say, it just jagged. hit the back of his throat perfectly. <laughs> it's a three-pointer. <laughs> from downtown. Still the champ. <laughs> you got French licked. As you have that George South mullet. I might. Crazy-eyed. I don't want to be ironic for ironic sake. I don't want... Let's bring an even more fullback circle to George South. I don't want anybody to think I'm being precious or ironic when we talk about him. It is fucking... It's a great match. It's so fun. It's just take it at face value and it's great. Break it down for the time and the place, and it's great. And just don't, just don't enjoy it for irony's sake, because you can be ironic about a lot of things. Enjoy it if you enjoy it, or just go find something else cheeky. Or do I don't? I guess I don't care how you consume. Appreciate character work, like (laughs) I told you. That's what the guy commits to his character of George South so much that he falls off the top rope from vertigo. Basically, he's like, I can't get over two feet. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking. I was talking. That's how into the character. He's like, can't go over a foot. Get the get the weeby wobbies. I was talking to Allison. Uh, We were chatting online and she was we were talking about an Arthur Miller play. And we've talked about this podcast. Full circle. We're talking about narratives. I think that 12 minute match Mm -hmm. from fucking bell ring. To bell ring to want to three count could be an Arthur Miller play. Oh, it man. can be sad. Yeah. It can be rich. It can have ups. It can have lows. You can make it into a Michael Bay blockbuster if you throw sure. that pre-party and post-party. But just re- keep it between the ropes. Yep. Keep it between the ropes. Give me them Make it a shells. tight eighty pages. <laughs> Fucking. I need the flag of Bahrain hanging high above yeah. Ric Flair. Oh man. Missed phone no. call from the daughter. You know. Oh yeah. So. Well, well, we we love them and you, and there's nothing any of you can do about it. Pause. Pause this episode. Maybe. Maybe it's more prescient than you think. God willing. Cross your fingers, and we love you. <laughs> <coughs> Go through your shit and throw that. Throw. Yes. Throw anything that's questionable away. Jerk practice. Jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah.
kids you got. They need a whooping. Make a bath. How many kids have you got, lady? You're taking up that whole side over there. Thank you. 